Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. My next guest is a psychic medium and author all the way from Melbourne, Australia. She has worked in the health insurance sector, business development, fashion retail, and hospitality, as well as being a restaurant owner. She's a regular presenter at the Mind, Body, and Spirit Festivals in Melbourne and Sydney. She has also hosted her own online program, Lifting the Veil to the Afterlife, on the Awake TV network in the USA in 2019 and 2020. She's also appeared in several magazine and podcasts, sharing her story and knowledge. She has worked with various branches of helping parents heal in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and India. I'm delighted to welcome Carrie Elderuccio to the show. So nice to have you on the show, Carrie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Courtney. It's my pleasure. So before we started recording, we were kind of talking a little bit about um, just chatting and you have a really unique story and I'm so excited to have you on the show and share your voice with my listeners. And, you know, from where you, you've been as far as your different careers to like where your path has led to your mediumship development and your work in this field, it is quite an interesting and really an intriguing story. And I'm wondering if you could maybe share with my listeners, Carrie, a little bit about your journey into mediumship. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I guess I was a very late starter um, into mediumship. I'd always believed um, in the spirit world. I I had done so since I was a child. uh, and That was an instinctive thing. It was something I wasn't taught or instructed. I grew up in a normal Australian household where we went to Sunday school and so on. So um, I just uh, knew that there was um, life after death, and but I never took it any further. And I would feel um, things and presences around me, but I didn't take that any further either. And it was um, 10 years ago when tragically we lost our son, Sam, in a car accident. And Sam was uh, 19 years old. And mm. that was um, my turning point. And And I now know after speaking with a number of other mediums that there always seems to be some sort of a switch that goes on in in a usually a tragedy um, that um, something happens within that person that they do discover that they have mediumistic abilities. And that's what's happened to me and or for me. And from the day that Sam passed away, I I felt his presence um, immediately when we got home from the police station and then I went uh, in search of him, and and in order to do that, I joined a, a circle and ended up going to Arthur Findlay College in um, the United Kingdom, and which I've continued to do every year, and and I've continued to sit in circle, and I now work as a medium as well. So it's it, it all just happened. If you told me that this is what would happen, I, I would not have believed it. So, and you know what's interesting is that. You know, many people have these mediumistic powers of awareness and, you know, often people don't do anything with it or search into it until tragedy strikes or they encounter something that's really dramatic or impactful. Um, Why do you think that is? I think for some reason, um, mediumship is a scary word for a lot of people. And I believe that that's you know, unfortunately, um, over, you know, most people's lives, they've just sort of instilled in them not to believe in anything that that can't be, you know, physically proven and and mediumship can't be physically proven. It's 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 just a in simple terms, it's a natural communication between this world and the spirit world. But the problem lies there. If you don't believe that spirit world exists where well, you're not going to believe in mediumship and, and therefore mediumship 
has a very sort of negative name for many people. But also I believe that there are many people out there who practice mediumship or say that they're practicing mediumship that give it a bad name because they they buy into all of the witchy woo um yeah. Hollywood scary stuff. And that that is not what mediumship is about. Um, and 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 I also think that some people who have those experiences with feeling that there is someone around them in spirit they it frightens them so they they just pretend it didn't happen or for other people they just um just miss all of the the clues they're just not open to it absolutely and i think too carrie some people you know like myself grew up in religious homes and it wasn't talked about there was you know, the dark and the light. And in the religion, you know, Christianity where I was raised, it was either angels or very negative things. And I think with the those kind of religious upbringings, it can really taint one's ability or openness to actually maybe delve into this or explore this. Yes, and it's unfortunate. I, yeah, I think it's very, very sad. And for so many people... They miss out on the healing experience of, of what mediumship can actually do for them. And that saddens me greatly because they won't, they just accept whatever they've been told by their religion or by their family yes. or whatever. And to, you know, it just saddens me when so many people just have a view that death is final, that's it, it's you're in a, a black hole, you know, it's just um, there's nothingness and it's they couldn't, It's nothing further than, the, you know, from the truth and, and it does sadden me and I find that people that have that point of view struggle more than, than you or I, for example, with our grief. Um, of yeah. course we feel grief and we live through grief um, as, as I have and my family has with Sam but but I know that he's still there and I communicate with him daily. And I've had so many mediums bring Sam through in readings and he's a regular at, at my weekly circle. Um, and, um, and and it's wonderful. So I still have that connection and I just wish that more people realised that it was possible to keep the lines of communication open. They're, they're different lines of communication, obviously, yeah. but um, but it's such a healing experience. Definitely. Carrie, you call mediumship healing. And you know, when I first started sitting in a development circle, my teacher always said mediumship's all about healing. And to be honest with you, it took me a couple of years to kind of wrap my head around it. And I thought, what is healing? It's not like you have a broken bone or an injury on a physical level. So how does that heal? And over time, you know, beginning to practice and bring through contacts with other people, you can see how the healing takes place with people when they realize, oh my goodness, this person is bringing through, you know, my spouse or my child or my friend or sibling, and there's no way they could have known this information. And it's this, almost like this relief that comes from them, you know, or relief that sets in and this weight is removed from their shoulders knowing, oh my goodness, they're still around and they're okay. They're not in some kind of void. They're still very much a part of my life. And I think that's what, you know, if you maybe want to expand upon it, what the healing of mediumship looks like or can look like for people. Absolutely. Uh, well, just using my own example, I I didn't even know that mediums existed um, until Sam passed away. Now that might sound strange, given what I do now, but that is the reality. And my sister-in-law went to see a medium and she came back and told me, and, and I'm like, a, a what, a who, you know. And this is weird because even though I'd always believed in the spirit world, I just, and I was communicating with Sam myself and, and I knew that it was him there, but I didn't realise that a third party could um, could be involved. And so that's when I understood, oh, that's what a medium is. So I went to find... Um, excuse me, my own medium, I didn't want to go to whoever she'd been to. Something kept telling me I need to have someone that knows nothing, they don't even yeah. know my surname because it, because it was a car accident, it was in the news, <clears throat> excuse me, so it was, you know, it's a lot of publicity. So um, I Googled a name, I don't even know what I Googled, and you know how this works, the right one just pops up. Yeah. And um, this lady called Lorraine Culross, uh, her name came up, and I just rang her and made a booking and I just 
told her my name was Kerry. And when I went home and um, announced to my husband and daughter that I was off to see a medium, they're like, a what? <laughs> and, uh, you know, our family was clueless. And um, I explained as best I could um, and they were very wary and uh, my husband Sergio was, I think, very concerned that I would end up more upset than when I would be going in there. So we made a sort of a pact that I would go to grief counselling with him. Um, they were doing deep grief counselling with the Traffic Accident Commission and so I agreed to do that. We would do that in the morning and he would come to see the medium with me in the afternoon. So before we went um, to see the grief counsellor, I said to Sam, spoke to Sam as I do every single day, and I said, look, sweetheart, Dad and I are going to see a, a medium this afternoon. I said, I don't even know what she's going to do. And I said, I don't know how it works, but somehow can you please be there? And I, I gave him her physical address because <laughs> I, I couldn't work out how else yeah. he would find her. And I gave him the time, 2 o'clock, and um, and went off to the grief counsellor, which I, I absolutely hated the session because it went against every belief that I've ever had. It was all that she was all about the they're mm -hmm. gone now and you just have to move on and and, and I just that it just was terrible. Mm -hmm. and, um, I can understand that is what they you know what they that's the way that. Um, they decide to do it, but it's not what I believe in. Um, we went off then to the medium and uh, we go in and she was a wonderful, normal, suburban-looking um, lady. And we sat down and um, very nervous and uh, she said, look, if the strangest thing has happened, she said, the spirit, uh, there is a spirit present already and they've been here all morning waiting for you to arrive. So for me that was wonderful because Sam obviously heard what I said and listened and went there somehow <laughs> and I know now how I got there now but um and then she her first words when she commenced the reading were that um that I was a mother grieving the loss of my son aged between 18 and 20 and of course Sam was 19 and then she brought through all of this amazing amazing evidence uh excuse me that he had survived um into the afterlife because there's no other way that she could have shared the stuff that she did and she brought through my dad who I'd lost when I was 18, um, Serge's mum who had passed away when he was 16. So it was just uh, life-changing, absolutely life-changing. How did your husband handle this or how did he process it? What did he think, Carrie? Well, there were lots of tears as you can imagine yeah. and yeah. when we got in the car, I said, to, and my heart was, I was just soaring. It was just like, um, you know, I'd, I'd found happiness again. This was just six weeks after Sam's passing. Okay. So, so it was quite recent and and I don't believe, just digressing for a moment, I don't believe that some people say you need to wait and that if you feel like seeing a medium the day after a passing, I would go because it's, you know, they're there. Mm -hmm. And um, when I said to Sergio, if I I said to him, if I'd come home and told you what I've just experienced, what would you say? And he said, I'd probably have you certified. And he <gasps> said, I can't, I can't deny what just took place. He said it was unbelievable. He said, I don't, he said he, he couldn't process it. He said, I just had no idea. And um, I think, you know, he's, he, sometimes he still struggles with it now that it's even possible, but he hears what people say about, you know, my work or whatever, and and he's since been to see um, a couple of other mediums, including Christine uh, Morgan, and um, and yeah, he's um, blown away by it. Yeah, and it's it's helped him heal, and and in turn, it's helped our daughter heal as well. Absolutely, it, it is healing, and that's what I, I was going to ask you next. So, your husband and you go for this mediumship reading. Did you tell your daughter right away, or did you take some time to process that and how did she how did she find out about you guys going to see this medium and bringing through her brother? We did we told her um, and then she went to actually see she decided to see her as well without okay. giving her surname and um, she went along and Sam was there as well and wow. um, gave and had very personal information between the two of them so um yeah, so it was it was amazing. So, you know, they certainly um, they they're very 
happy that I'm doing what I'm doing, but they're not all into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So after the passing of your son, you started sitting in a development circle, and then you started attending the Arthur Finley College where you've been going for years. Where did your path take you to decide, I'm going to start to do this professionally? Because some people, carry they'll develop mediumship for, you know, their, their self, their own understanding. Um, but there's, you know, there's a saying, many are called, fewer chosen, you know, with this work. How did you know that this was right for you to move into this, this beautiful work? Yeah, that's it's a really interesting question, Courtney. I, I do listen to my gut and I listen to, um, you know, my intuition a lot. And and what happened when I first was sitting in the, the development circle, it was actually a psychic circle. So we we did things like tarot cards and pendulums and, and angel cards and things like that um, and psychic readings. So we weren't actually communicating with the spirit world. And I think it's important that people realise that there are those two sorts of readings. One's dealing with the living, which is psychic. Mediumship is dealing with the spirit world. Um, And during a mediumship reading, we, as you know, we still work psychically as well as communicating with spirit. So um, I knew that I was very psychic, but I didn't know during the development circle if I could um, do mediumship for complete strangers. I was communicating with Sam, my dad, all of those things on a personal level, but I hadn't been put to the test. And the I asked my teacher, Tony Riley, who's a wonderful, um, she does a lot of past life regression work here in Australia and internationally. She, I asked her, I knew she was a medium as well, and I said, you know, where did you train to be a medium? And she said, Arthur Findlay College. And I just immediately said to myself, great, um, I'll be going. And um, she said, Kerry, it's not in Australia. And I'm like, oh, where is it? She said, it's in England. And I'm like, that's fine. Um, we're well-travelled. So I just thought I'll just go there. And I couldn't wait to get home and look it up. And um, I just decided to go to do two weeks. Um, and the t- as fate would have it, the two weeks that I wanted that looked good fell between Serge's birthday in February and Sam's birthday in March. So um, I, I went for a three-and-a-half-week trip and I was that's when I was put to the test um, to actually do a mediumship reading. And I was sitting in a class one day. The first week I was there, I didn't do any mediumship. I just did psychic stuff and was just absorbing and listening and we did a lot of philosophy and things like that. But the second week um, I was determined to put my hand up to to, to, to see if I could actually do it and um, there was a wonderful um, Scottish medium called Thelma Francis and I was in her class and Thelma asked for a volunteer to do a demonstration and she'd just done one with us students and she bought through someone's loved one. And I just I just looked and my hand was hanging in the air and I, you know, <laughs> was like, oh, no. And um, I know I didn't do that but I, anyway, so... She said, wonderful, I've got a volunteer. And she said, how many, have you done this a lot? And I said, I've never done it before in my life and I've barely seen it done. And she said, oh, this will be interesting. And um, and I stood up and um, I, I could just see this little boy and I know that she was linking in with me yeah. um, so she could see exactly what I was seeing. But And it was and then I was able to to give all of this information which could be taken by a Dutch woman um, in our class and it turned out that this this little boy, um, he was 12 and um, when he died and he was hit by, hit on his bike um, and was the woman that actually, actually hit him was the midwife that delivered him. Um, yeah, wow. I know. And I ended up, I, I mean, I, I, I had some wonderful evidence, but I did things that you should never do as a medium. I had the whole class in tears because I was in tears. It was very emotional, but um, yeah. and I always still struggle with my emotions um, when I'm doing a, a reading, particularly when you know that you're feeling the emotions of the yeah. other people. But it, it was a very successful reading. And then from then on, I could just do it and, and that's when I came home, um, I decided, I was already doing some psychic readings from home and then I decided, well, if people want mediumship, I'll do that as well. So I did. So interesting. You know, 
you can have readings from some people and it doesn't really move you, but you know, when the spirit has touched you and one of the ways is the emotions just start to flow. And, you know, as mediums, I think that's one of the special things that we have within our being is this ability to feel, to empathize and, you know, can really convey the emotions of the spirit through to the recipient. And in that, it can be completely transformational for the person, your recipient, for your sitter. But, you know, it also can change the lives of the mediums as well, the individuals that are bringing that through, because it's like, I would have never thought about this. There's no way I could have brought this information. There's no way this could have been my own mind. And, you know, I remember when I first started developing I would question all the time, is this me? Is this spirit? And then spirit would bring through stuff where I don't know who was worse off, me or the recipient. As far as crying, Carrie, I'd be just like, um, can I borrow a Kleenex? Yeah. You know, you develop tough skin, but it's having some of those experiences and you go, wow, this is what I'm meant to do. This is why I do it. And it changes people's lives every single day. In your work with the spirit world, in your work with, you know, helping others heal and grieve, you, you have encountered and, you know, especially in your books that you've wrote so much interesting information about mediumship. And I'm wondering if you could talk about, you know, some of the mysteries surrounding, you know, the actual work of being a medium or the practices of being a medium. Um. In the, um, I, I guess, I guess we do experience. Well, we certainly do experience a lot of fascinating sort of the way that we receive our information, mm-hmm. um, and um, and that that is different for everyone. And some people talk about um, this is what I was saying before about where it needs to be um, sort of demystified. That a lot of people think it's all going to be some sort of scary kind of. Um, you know, communication, but but it's not. Um, and it, it's just that when when communicating with the spirit world, they are able to make you feel certain things. And mm-hmm. and I can always usually feel if they're providing they want to share this with me, how they actually pass away, and you can feel the sensations of what that illness was or whether it was sudden or what sort of illness it was or, or, or you know, all of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're able to experience different things like that. And um, so, yeah, it's just I, I know I'm not sort of clarifying what you're saying That's there. That's okay. You yeah. know, some people, they have this, there is kind of a mystery around mediumship, I think, especially when we go back to some of the old doctrines and creeds, especially if we start going to, um, you know, the Orthodox religions, et cetera. And there's this mystery that, you know, we're in a coven and we're summoning spirits and there's yeah. these rituals or ceremonies that are performed. And a lot of it, the connotation surrounding mediumship, you know, prior to myself choosing to develop was always very negative and it was always very dark. But yet when we start to develop the mediumship, I think we realize it's actually very natural. It is. And and that's what I love about Arthur Findlay College because it doesn't matter, you know, I've had 12 weeks there now um, in, you know, since 2015. And it doesn't matter who your tutor is, they all teach you in the same way. The, the, yeah. the belief system is the same, and it's one that resonates with me, and that is very much about the naturalness of mediumship. And it's a natural excuse me, ability that we have as mediums to be able to communicate with the spirit world. So it's just that some people can sing and some can play music and some can do all sorts of amazing things that, that, that we can't, but it's just that there is an ability to communicate um, with the spirit world and to to share that information and and that there are the rituals and things once again that's a part of um, you know a lot of it is a part of Hollywood a lot of it is a part of the witchy woo beliefs there are no real rituals to it you just step mm-hmm. into the power as we call it and communicate that's it it's 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 that's it um, I like to meditate beforehand and play some 
she's very uplifting music, but that's it. There's nothing. I'm not burning anything. I'm not doing anything. Um, I might light a candle if I feel like it, but that's it's as simple as that. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. I, there's no practices or rituals or ceremonies that I do. I sit in the power for a bit before a private sitting or even before I'm going to do a demonstration or, you know, before I'm going to teach. That's about it. I set my intention, spirit, this is what I'm here to do. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for helping me serve and do this work to the best of my abilities. Um, that's it. You know, people complicate it. And I think that's why it's really important to get into a development circle and get a mentor because then you, you know, demystify mediumship and realize it's so simple in its nature. All you need is a willingness to learn and understand. And if your heart's in the right place, you know, I always tell my students, Carrie, the spirit world will support you in your endeavors. Yes, absolutely. They will. And and you use the word demystifying mediumship, and that's why I ended up writing a book called Just That, because it needed, in my view, to be demystified, to take all of that negativity away from it and just to tell the story of, of other mediums and how um, it's just a, um, an ability. But, but yeah. some, I, I was curious to know what um, what took them to learning their ability, and that's you know, that's why I ended up writing a book about it, but but it just needs to be demystified, you know. Can you and, talk and, a little bit about that book, Carrie? And what yeah. led you on that journey and, and what is in the book and what did you learn through your exploration? Well, it's the second book that I've written, um, and and that's the the cover there, Demystifying Mediumship, um, what makes a medium. And what prompted me to write that was Um, When COVID hit in early 2020, um, I I knew that I needed a project, um, something else to do, because um, I actually live in the um, most locked down city in the world um, here in Melbourne. So, yeah, we were locked down for forever. So um, I I meditated um, and I get a lot of my answers through meditation. So I set an intention prior to going to the meditation to tell me what I needed to um, write about and when I came out of meditation, I just wrote down whatever I received. And when I reread it, it basically said that I needed to write a book about demystifying mediumship and to normalise it. And in order to do that, um, I was to invite friends of mine who were mediums um, and get their stories. So that's precisely what I did. So I invited, um, I decided to only invite mediums that I knew personally and that it had some sort of connection to me or to Sam with readings and so on. And uh, so I invited 17 mediums from all around the world, um, from five different countries, men and women, different age groups. Um, There's about seven or eight tutors from the Arthur Findlay College are in the book as well. They were kind enough to share their amazing stories. And then there's other medium friends who are, students at the college or or have never been to the college. So, And I also invited um, uh, Lorraine Colross, who was the first medium that I ever saw. And uh, I didn't realise. She actually went to the college herself. I had no idea because, of course, the college would have meant nothing to me when I saw her. But um, Tony Riley and, yeah, so anyway, there's a a lot of um, wonderful mediums in there and they shared their... Um, their stories but what shocked me was they were so um, open with what they shared which was amazing and there's there's situations battling alcoholism um, there's drugs there's um, losing children and 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 other loved ones losing the family fortune uh, Mm -hmm. battling with their sexuality all sorts of different things or things that um, weren't as dramatic as that, but they just sort of fell into their mediumship. And every single story is completely different. And um, and so that I learned a lot just reading their stories. And, um, yeah, so that's why I wrote it, because I just wanted to normalise things. And mediumship is normal. It is normal. I don't think there's anything woo-woo about it. Our loved ones, they may not have a physical body anymore, but they're still very much alive and they're a part of our life. And anybody can connect with their loved ones, I believe, to varying degrees, you know, dependent on their openness. Um, But do you believe that everybody can develop to be a medium, in your opinion? Um, 
Not a medium. I do believe that everyone can have a personal mediumistic experience. I always believe that. And a lot of times the spirit world, I'm absolutely 100% sure, would be trying to get their attention. Um, But so many people that I've spoken to, they they just dismiss it or they miss it. You know, they're just, if they're not open to it, or they just like put everything down to coincidence, Um, you know, whereas just believing in the magic of um, of a spirit communication and so so for a lot of people they I believe everyone can can have that one-on-one if they're open to it but I believe that then there's other people who can um, develop mediumship to be able to read for other people but that's not across the board I don't think. I agree with you in in that in both instances, Carrie. And I know that there's other people, I mean, that I've had on my show, other people that I, you know, call colleagues in the industry and in this field of work, I should say. And they believe anybody can learn to be a medium. You know, I think people can learn mediumship to a degree, but then I think, you know, is I think it really comes down to I know people are probably going to get mad when I say this, but it's my show, so it's okay. I can say it. Um, You know, I do think that people have potential within them to develop mediumship, but to what degree? I don't know. I do believe that mediums are born, not made. In my opinion, that's what I think. I think, yeah, you can have your experiences with your loved ones, but to be doing it professionally, and that's not saying that mediums are an elite select group of people. It's just that that's part of their sole purpose, why they're here. And I think that's why some people, in my opinion, you know, are able to develop it to a degree where they can work evidentially and work with the public. People, you know, I'll ask your thoughts on this too. You know, there's a lot more shows on TV, Carrie, that portray mediumship in all different types of uh, ways, I'll say. They use they use this or work with the spirit world in different ways, a lot different than how I've been trained. Um, and there's no judgment on it, just I observe it differently. And there's some people that I think they have this idea that being a medium is a glamorous job and it's glitz and glam. And I'll tell you, I've never worked so hard in my life in the fact that it's not easy when you're dealing with grief every day. It's hard. Yeah. And I agree 100%. And that's, that's, those sorts of shows often annoy me because they make it about the medium rather than the grieving sitters, the people who who are wanting to communicate with their loved ones. And it's, um, being a medium, I think you you need to be humble and I you yeah. need to be a sensitive well you can't do the work unless you are a sensitive person. Um <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, it's not glamorous. It's um it's 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 a role, it's it's almost like being um an <clears throat> an untrained counselor, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> In some ways. Because you know, when you've got a, a grieving person sitting across from you, you know, when you're doing a reading there's often tears there's you you just have to be able to show the the empathy and the um you know and a level of love and concern for them um it's not about oh wasn't I amazing you know to to tell you your dad did this this and this it's it's never about that it's just should it should be as coming back to that healing word that's what it should be and that's why I don't ever watch those shows because they annoy me um because they do make it they make it about them. Whereas if you see someone like um, Tony Stockwell, for example, um, or Chris Drew or, you know, Paul Jacobs or any of those um, mediums um, from Arthur Findlay College, when you see them on TV programs or or what have you, doing readings, doing demonstrations, it's, yes, they will inject a bit of humour in their occasionally particularly Chris and Chris um, Drew yeah he does <laughs> Chris and Tony but um but it's not at the expense of the sitter and it's not at the expense of the person in spirit yeah. it's you know it's it's just to kind of raise the energy and um and but they do it in such a beautiful way that you can feel the emotion in the room because they're they're really bringing it through it's not about them so that's the yeah. big difference yeah Absolutely. I, 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 love 
those mediums. That's why I love the, the English kind of way of doing it. Yeah. Me too. I still mentor with Tony. I've been doing a mentorship with him for, well, starting since July, I'm doing a year one with him because you can yeah. always learn. You can always learn more. And that's what I think is so interesting about this work that we do is there's not one way to do things, but Tony is funny and he brings in humor, but he is so sensitive and compassionate and kind and loving and his heart is in the right place. And, you know, we need more mentors like that to help teach and raise the level of mediumship or the standard of mediumship for the the mediums of tomorrow. It's not about the glitz and glam, I think, and the ego. There's really no, I mean, I think you need ego to a bit to have it to a degree because you need a bit of confidence if you're working with the public, but um, that shouldn't be running the show. No, exactly. Yes. I did a week with Tony this June of this year and um, yeah, he's an excellent tutor, um, but yeah, the compassion's there and it shows and, um, and watching him work, it's like, you're just, you know, in awe. Yeah. And do you find that with mediums out, like, especially with the book that you wrote, demystifying mediumship that of the mediums that you interviewed Carrie did all of them have maybe different stories but all of them experienced perhaps maybe like an incident that was like a trigger for them or did they just always know that this was going to be what they were meant to do with their life um all different and um um, a lot of them um, talked about the same sorts of things that I experienced growing up as a little one, you know, around that age of three, four, five, probably four and five in particular, just sort of knowing that there's someone in the room with you or I, I could remember feeling the bed depressing, someone sitting there even though there's no one there. I'd see shadows and things like that, but I wasn't actually scared and whereas some of the others in the book were very frightened of it, um, most of them developed after a turning point. Paul Jacobs is in the book. He he started to um, he lost his father when he was only twenty years old, also in a car accident, um, and then Paul um, sort of fell into mediumship. He was walking past a spiritualist church and he was lost and grieving and went in and um, you know it just sort of went from there and he was given a reading and um and 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 so on and yet there's other other ones um Andrew Manship who's also a tutor at the college his story is is amazing and he was um supposed to be studying at university going from Wales to Southampton and he sort of got into a really bad crowd and he dropped out of uni and his parents had no idea and he's working in a pub and taking things that he shouldn't have been taking and drinking too much and his life was going a little bit haywire and in the end um, through, um, I won't spoil the story, but, you know, he then fell into mediumship and he's still, uh, he's a tutor at the college, as I said, but he also still works full-time as a professional firefighter. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and he just teaches at the college when he can on on his um, when he's got time off, and he became, you know, a tutor in in his thirties. But then there's other um, teachers here um, that I've written about: Sharon Harvey and Angie Morris and Lynn Parker and so on. You know, they've gone into become um, they've had bad marriages or just really or, or just normal lives, and they've just sort of growing up through the church. Lynn Parker grew up through the spiritualist churches. She always just learnt about mediumship and sitting in circles because of the church. And then she went off to a, um, she was a school teacher and she went to the college um, to, to learn how she could maybe teach um, mediumship a little better. And she ended up being, she was so good at it, they invited her to uh, to do the program to become a tutor and she fell into it that way. Um you know, there's just all different ways. You know, Sharon Harvey comes from a gypsy background. She's a tutor at the college. Oh. Um, her story's amazing. You know, um, you know, there's just all of these different things that, um, yeah, and some of the other, the other people had um, just battled with, um, yeah, sexuality, losing parents. Um, one woman lost her daughter in an accident the same year as we lost Sam. And she was also trapped in the Jehovah Witness Church for 18 years. Okay. And 
amazing stories how they discovered things later on. But yeah, there's a real mixture. Very interesting. And you know, it's really neat to have books like that, Carrie, because it just, again, normalizes mediumship and that it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's got a unique story. We all have a background. We all have things that we've experienced that have been really difficult, that have really tested us, that have perhaps maybe crushed us to a degree, you know, broken our heart, or maybe we made some poor choices, but the spirit world is always there to help us through that. They are these loving souls that never leave us. They've always been there. It's just a matter if our receptivity is, you know, open enough to pick up on them. And, you know, the spirit world are the most loving people. And whether you consider yourself a medium or not, you do have loved ones that are there guiding, supporting, influencing you to help you make the most of this path on the earth. Yes, absolutely. And they want they want us to know that they are there. And I feel very sorry for those loved ones in spirit when they've got family and friends who are in complete denial that there is yeah. an afterlife. And it won't matter how much they try um, to, to make their presence felt through um, leaving signs, signals, moving things, playing with electricity, um, you know, whatever it might be, um, playing favourite songs constantly that they haven't turned on. A lot of people, they just put that down, coincidence, 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 but it's not. And it's the best that the spirit world can do to get their attention. They can't yes. do much more. Um, so, but it's just about being, thinking about it from the spirit's perspective and imagine being in spirit and having a loved one that's in denial that you're there. I mean, that would be heartbreaking. So I think we need to kind of turn it around and think about the grief of those in the spirit world and that they will just want to be um, remembered and and spoken to. (coughs) And the more that the person will do that, the closer that that spirit will come to them. Absolutely. I actually have an aunt who just recently passed uh, two weeks ago. and very, very religious and a Christian, very religious. And her understanding of the spirit world was based on the teachings from the Bible. And I'm very, very close with my cousin. And she took it very, very hard, the passing of my aunt. And it was interesting because I hadn't heard from my aunt yet. And I've had other aunts passed. and, And so I just said, spirit, can you give me an update? Just curious, how's she doing? She's doing great, Courtney, but she's still trying to figure out, like, make sense, reconcile between what she was taught and, like, what it's here. She goes, it took her, like, several days, they said, to kind of wrap her head around this. This is so normal. And I am with my loved ones. And I ended up having uh, communication with her and was able to relay that information to my cousin who needed it desperately, but so did she. And I just thought, you know, it's so beautiful as a spiritualist, you know, we believe that there's eternal progress open to every human soul and that the understanding and the mind can continue to keep learning. And I just thought, how cool is that? That's what's happening to my aunt. You know, she's learning. She's totally fine, but she's just trying to wrap her head around reality versus teachings that she was raised by. And I thought, how cool is that? Exactly. And it is those teachings that that will often, um, it's sort of, I don't know, it it sort of spoils things for everyone that are taught. You can't think beyond what you've been taught. You know, it's just like if everyone could just... um, believe in what they wish to believe in. And if, yeah. if it's, you know, then then they would just cope a lot better, I think, rather than being told it's this or it's that or, um, you know, and just being open to the possibilities. Uh, it would just make things so much easier for everyone. Absolutely. You, you know yourself too, Courtney, when you do readings that when you've got a spirit communicator there that's a regular communicator, um, they the way that they can just get the evidence across is amazing. And, and they they are loving the experience and you're loving doing the reading because it's yeah. just this bit, this bit of information after the other. But then you've got someone who's never come through in a reading and they're really tentative until they sort of trust you and work out what the heck's going on. Exactly. They warm up as well. And then 
um, yeah, because and and I know that Sam just loves coming through in readings, and he was like such. A, he is such a great communicator, and he was such a great communicator the first time that Lorraine brought him through. She was amazed, but he was amazed in the process. But the interesting thing is that about two or eighteen months before he passed away, he he asked me. He said, "Mum, do you believe in God?" And I thought. It's a weird question for Sam because we I'd never and we didn't take the kids didn't go to church or, or anything. We're not a religious family. And I said, but well, I do believe in God. And he said, pardon my English, he said, bullshit. And he said, but you, don't go to, you don't go to church. And I said, Sam, uh, believing God to me is not about church. It's yeah. I believe there is a you know, I call that person God, but I do believe that there is a greater entity, um, greater spirit, whatever you choose to call it, that exists. And he's like, really? And I'm like, well, that that is my belief, Sam. And then he said to me, have you, have I seen the movie Ghost? And um, I said, I have. And he said, what's it like? I said, it's fantastic. And he had a little part-time job after school at the local video shop back then. And he brought it home one night and I don't know where Sergio and my uh, daughter were, but it was just Sam and I, and we watched it, and he loved it. And he, the whole idea of the afterlife and being to be able to communicate with a medium, of course, was in that movie. Yeah. But um, I, you know, didn't, that was the first time I'd sort of um, watched anything, you know, like then the penny dropped. Now that I'm saying I didn't know about mediums, that was one in that movie. But um, I now know that Sam. I don't know that Sam insisted on watching that movie because I don't know that meant something later on after he passed. I don't know whether that makes sense, but it was almost yeah. like um, he needed to watch that, and then he's you know, and then he passed um, about eighteen months later. Yeah, yeah, perhaps there was something within that movie, that script that helped him in some way for when he transitioned. You know, yeah. Yeah, because there's a scene in that movie about um, trying to get the cat's attention and, yes. um, yeah, when there's a robbery going on. And I had a friend um, say to me, we just, we moved, we sold our house, house after Sam passed because it just didn't feel like home anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was early days in our new place um, here in North Fitzroy. And um, my friend said, Kerry, Sam came to me today and I'm like, oh, okay, um, what happened? And she said, well, he was showing himself, she'd never been to our house, and she said he sprawled out on a couch wearing um, a T-shirt and uh, boxer shorts, and that would be his standard sort of uniform if there was no visitors or anything. And he said, and he's trying to get the attention of the cat at the end of the couch. And that particular couch was an L-shaped one and the cat had like a permanent home on the end of that couch. And I thought, that's really interesting. And I said to her, look, that particular cat gets up in the middle of the night and races around madly for about 10 seconds and then just goes, hops back on the couch and goes back to sleep. And she said to me, next time the cat does that, see what time it is. And so sure enough, that night, um, I wake up because Megan the cat is running around madly um, and I look at the, uh, go into the bathroom and look at the digital clock and the time was 3.05 in the morning and Sam passed away on the 3rd of May. So, and we do our dates wow. differently. We do the day at first and then the month. So 3.05 okay. was the 3rd of May and that's um, that was him getting the cat's attention. That's incredible, Carrie. I know, I know. yeah. Stuff and, like that you just cannot deny. No, no. And I've written um, the, the first book I wrote, um, A Mother's Journey, um, which I'll, I'll show you there. I, okay. That's a memoir about, um, about Sam and about my life and about discovering my mediumship. And I talk about so many different um, things that Sam has brought forward in that book, so many signs and signals that are just unbelievable. That is incredible. You have from tragedy comes, you know, has come the most beautiful story, the most beautiful events through something that, you know, God forbid a parent ever has to experience the passing of a child. 
and to see how your life has transformed and how you're helping people heal and bring through this knowledge that life after death is a reality and everybody can still at some level receive messages from their loved ones, whether it be through recognizing signs or having a reading with a medium. Carrie, it's been so awesome to have you on the show. I'm wondering if you could tell my listeners a little bit about, you know, where they can reach you, get in contact with you, and where they can check out your books and anything else that you want to share with them. Oh, thank you. Um, my website is uh, just my www.kerry, which is K-E-Y, I'll hold that up, Elderuccio, A-L-D, um, E-R-U-C-C-I-O.com. And um, so there's a lot of information there for people in Australia. Any of the books, um, I can sign them and then send them out in Australia. For overseas, the books are available widely um, online, including there's a great website in America, which I think you would get in Canada, which is www.indiebound, I-N-D-I-E-B-O-U-N-D, um, dot org and that's for all um, independent bookstores um, and it's also available they're available in Walmart Target um, Barnes and Noble Arthur Findlay oh. College sell both books um, in the bookstore and in England they're available Waterstones WH Smith um, all over the world uh, online so um, yeah Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show, Carrie, and for sharing your voice and your story and your inspiration to everybody who's listening to this episode. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Courtney. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. Have a great day, guys.